One, this podcast may contain spoilers for whatever TV show or movie is mentioned. Please listen at your own discretion. Welcome to viewers and audience. Yo, what's going on? I am Sue Brothers. And I am S. Foster. That's right, and you tuned into another episode of the Viewers Anonymous podcast where we give you takes and reviews of movies and TV straight out of Hollywood. What's going on, brother? Man, I can't call it, man. Just uh, getting ready for this six-day week, which I'm not happy about, but you know what I'm saying? But your boy got to do what he got to do out here in these streets. But uh, mm-hmm. how you feeling, though, man? Everything good with you? Man, I'm feeling amazing. I'm ready to pod, brother. Uh, I'm excited about this weekend, you know what I'm saying? And, um, man, I'm also excited because, you know, uh, the boy Sheez hit me up. Well, he hit everybody up, but uh, we talked a little bit off, you know what I'm saying, off mic and um, out the way. And, man, listen, he got a dope project coming up, you know what I'm saying? I told him I wanted okay. to be a part of it, so he said he's going to keep me informed on it. I can't wait till this happens because when it do, bro, this shit is going to be dope. So, yo, y'all stay tuned. If you're listening, stay tuned. Make sure y'all follow me. On uh, on Twitter, so y'all can get all the information on this because this shit is going to be fire. Oh shit! Cool, cool, man. I, I actually listened to the episode that y'all put out um, yesterday, man. Um, well, I don't know if it came out yesterday or today, but anyway, I listened to it today. So uh, y'all put together a good pod, man. You know what I'm saying? We were speaking about this before we started, and I was like, it's always mm-hmm. good to go back and like. Hear those stories of like when we first started, all of the BS that we had to deal with in the early yep. beginning. You spoke about when we first started doing it, we was on Zoom and it was just yep. like, man, you know, it was, but we had some times, man, uh, with lost pods and all types of shit like that. So, so yeah, man, it's, it's good to hear about them early days, man, of just getting started. Man, and it was it was a fun part to do because, you know what I'm saying, like, you don't get a chance a lot to talk about how, you know what I'm saying, like, you got into the pod game or you even got into making content, period. And this is something that I've been doing for, like, a very long time. Like, I remember making videos and stuff in high school using, you know what I'm saying, PowerPoints and, and uh, Windows Movie Maker. So this was something that I've been doing, like, really forever and then like for it to all culminate into this and you know saying like what i'm doing now is dope just to see it all coming so uh you know like a, a, a smooth fruition oh yeah <clears throat> yeah man like so those uh those early times man it was it was man. it was wild man like man going back especially like going back and listening like to some of my earlier stuff especially the stolen time podcast episodes it was just like some of the audio, it was not good audio because y'all oh, was talking man. about like when he was saying like not using mics and shit. <laughs> oh, yo, bro. yo, me and me and that aunt used to buy. Hey, I would sit my phone in the middle of the table, my guy. <laughs> we would record mm-hmm. on on not stream on on SoundCloud with the phone just sitting yep. in between us, and that's how we recorded the pie, like. Like yo, it was it was times bro, back the, then. We did the same thing with already home, bro. We used to have a laptop literally sitting in the middle of us. This before I this before I learned. I mean, like I had to use headphones and all that. We just set the laptop in the middle of us. I sat on one side, he sat on the other side, and we just started going back and forth. But man, I never forget that. <laughs> 
Yes, sir, <laughs> man. But we definitely came a long way, learned a lot, and and everything, yeah. man. So, so yeah. yeah, it was it was the but y'all did a good job, man. Shout out to Siege. Yeah, for sure. Shout out to Siege, man. I appreciate it. And you know what I'm saying? Make sure y'all go check that out. Also, you know what I'm saying? You had an episode with Siege as well. Um, on the Link podcast, part of the Link ENT. Um, so y'all go check that out. It's it's a dope pod, and you know what I'm saying? There's some very interesting people on there. Make sure you go check out S.Dot's episode and my episode as well. And, um, man, let's go ahead and get into our favorite segment, you know, send a segment that we love the most. Segway, uh, segway, a segment we like to call What We Watching. Let's do it. What we watching? So, what do you have this week, my brother? So, man, um, <clears throat> what I got this week, I when I did the what we watched last week, I said I actually had three, but I only gave y'all two. So. That third one was actually a movie. I went to the movies on my birthday to go see, to finally go see the Avatar movie. Uh, what is it? Avatar, Body of Water, or whatever. I forgot what, the, what it's called. The Way of Water. So what, I mean, I heard people tell me, yo, this movie is super long, right? So I'm like, okay, yeah, movies are long, all right. But you don't really realize it. Until you actually go in there and go watch it. Like, I had a 12.35 showing. I did not leave that movie theater until 4 o'clock. That is wow. So, going into it, like, what I wish I would have done was watch the first one um, over again. Because, I mean, like, the first one came out, like, I mean, over a decade ago. So, I kind of had to refresh my memory by sitting there watching it. And honestly, the only opinion that I'm going to give it right now is that I, I think that he should have split this up. I think it should have been two parts. Mm. Um, like some of it. Yeah. Like, I think that when the first little battle went on, when it comes to the jungle or the forest or whatever you want to call it, and before they actually went to the water people or whatever, they should have they stopped the mm. movie there. And then, you know what I'm saying, release the other one like six months later or something. Like, yeah, that that like that movie, the the same way I feel about the new Avatar movie is the same way I feel about the Irishman. The Irishman should have been split oh, up. Okay. Because yeah. I like the first time I watched that, I, I don't think I've never watched the Irishman all the way through. Like I've always had to break really? it up in sections. Yeah, because it's so long. It's like I could yeah. only watch like an hour and a half of it, maybe two hours, and then pause yeah. it, come back into it the next day, and finish mm -hmm. it out. And I've seen The Irishman twice, but in both times, yeah. I've watched it with breaking it up because it just it takes up too much of your time. And that's kind of how I felt about this Avatar movie. Now, don't get me wrong, it was good, but it's just like, man, it was just super long. So, um, But what I will say, so they got three biological kids at this point. And mm. when it comes to that middle son, yo, you'll see what I'm talking about when you see it. I'm just going right. to leave it there. 
But um, but what I went to go see, man, my well, what, well, my what we watching is Avatar: Way of Water. So, uh, yeah, that's that's my what we watching this week. That's what's up, man. Um, so for my what we watching this week, man. Um, I you you guys already know I'm a huge comic book guy. Um, you know what I'm saying super nerd when it comes to it. I went and watched um. Batman Soul of a Dragon. It's on um, HBO Max. It's a DC animated movie and it's dope as hell because it's set in the 1970s. It has a quote-unquote Bruce Lee character in it and it also has a quote-unquote Jim Kelly character in it. So it's kind of paying homage to those old kung fu movies in the 60s and 70s. And then it's also, you know what I'm saying, adding that Batman element to it. And so it's kind of like... um, it's kind of like Enter the Dragon, but the okay. Batman version of it. So I mean, it's it's a it's a dope film. You know what I'm saying? You get to see like basically Bruce Wayne going to this um this like private dojo where you know what I'm saying the sensei is kind of teaching them. You know what I'm saying the the ways of the dragon and so on and so forth. And then eventually come to find out that the the evil villain in it kind he's like this snake monster or whatever and he uh he's a human but he has like the power to snake or some weird shit like that or the power to quote unquote dragon and then he um he basically you know what i'm saying has to fight batman but he takes over the sensei's body and so after he does that him and batman get into a fight it's pretty good the, the um the one guy that was supposed to be bruce lee is named richard dragon and then it's the other dude who's supposed to be Jim Kelly in the movie. He's voiced by Michael J. White. So, I mean, like, it, it's a good movie, bro. It's dope as hell. So, y'all go check that out. It's on HBO Max. It's called Batman, Soul of a Dragon. That's what's up, man. And just because you said the name, Michael J. White don't get enough credit. Especially for his martial arts. Like, he... Like, for me, the one movie that we really got to see it displayed the most. Well, it's actually two. Uh, Spawn, obviously, but um, mm-hmm. the the one when he was in Blood jail. And Blood and Bone. Like, those are the two, but it's just like, I don't think, there's a new movie that he got coming out. It looked like it might be aight. Um, I saw the trailer for it when I went to go see Avatar. Um, mm-hmm. he, so he got this new movie that's coming out where, you know what I'm saying, where he's using his martial arts spil- uh, skills as well. So, man, shout out yeah. to that dude, man, because he... Yeah, and for, he, any, uh, and for anybody out there that say that we don't got black action heroes, you are totally mistaken, bro. Michael J. White is still holding it down in the action arena. Also, we got to shout out Michael J. White because not only did, you know I mean, not only is he, you know what I'm saying, a martial arts master and you know what I'm saying? He's one of the only people to actually be an actor and an actual martial artist. Um, he actually wrote, directed, and starred in Black Dynamite. That's all his creation. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to him for that, too. That is actually a, a Black-owned and Black-produced and Black-written film. So shout out to Michael J. White for that as well. If you've never seen Black Dynamite, I'm telling you right now, watch it. One of the funniest movies of all time hands down and other than in my opinion other than I mean well okay 
Bruce Lee was good. Bruce Lee was the total package. Mm-hmm. Um, Wesley Snipes, total package. Mm-hmm. But the other two people that I'm going to mention who are really, really good at martial arts. Okay. now See, now that I say that, now I'm starting to forget about people. Jet Li and Jackie Chan, mm-hmm. both total packages. I forgot about them. Mm-hmm. But I really started this whole thing to really kill two people. Steven Seagal and John claude Absolutely. These motherfuckers can't act. Listen, I look, I like John Claude Van Damme, but listen, dude, you, this is, you're, this you're is not a, it, it might be that because it's like he just cannot. He's not a great actor. Like he's not. It's just his accent. He's a great actor. It's, it's his accent. He can't I don't know, man. Now, don't get me wrong. Now, he he got two of of my favorite movies, man. Uh, the Kickboxer and Bloodsport. Mm-hmm. I love those two movies, mm-hmm. but it's just like the acting is like. Yo, man, it's kind of subpar, man. <laughs> it's like, it's not. Come on, man. I'm telling you, it's his accent, bro. It's the same thing with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, people say Arnold Schwarzenegger can't act. He can. It's his fucking accent. The act- accents <laughs> make everything so much worse. I'm telling you. If you got an accent that people don't like, nobody will like you. Steven Seagal, you just trash. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, if y'all, listen, if y'all ever, I probably said this on the pod before, but I'm definitely about to say it again. If you ever get time, it's a video. I'm talking to anybody listening to this. It's a video on YouTube of Steven Seagal doing a martial arts demonstration. And he is literally <laughs> faking it through this whole demonstration. Dudes are coming up to him and he's literally holding his hand out and grabbing their hand at the top and just flipping them. And all he's doing is flicking his wrist. And they all flip over. And I, when I tell you this is the worst martial arts demonstration <laughs> of all time, I've never seen something so absurd in my life. So if you ever get a chance, go on YouTube, look up Steven Seagal exaggerated martial arts. And I'm telling you, it never fails, bro. That video pops up. But he's flipping like five or six dudes over. And, and when you see it, you'll be like, bro, ain't no way he's flipping them over in real life, bro. There's, that's not... It's not real at all, bro. But it's a real life martial arts demonstration. But he's just—it's just all bullshit. It gotta be. I seen it. <laughs> <laughs> that shit is horrible, bro. <laughs> he's flipping the fuck out, but he's doing the noises and everything. He's like, hey, hey, I'm like, bro, you're not doing nothing, bro. You're not doing nothing, bro. I'm not convinced, man. I'm not convinced. Steven Seagal has has ever done real martial arts. To me. He like he like the the fat version of Walker Texas Ranger. I know I know <laughs> Chuck Norris really know karate and he really know martial arts, but Steven Seagal is the fake fat version of Walker Texas Ranger. Oh, but that is hilarious, yo! When I tell I you, I used Steven to Steven Seagal, bro. I used to hate that show. My dad used to love what, Walker, Walker Texas man. Ranger. But that's yes, man. Show, what are you talking about? I did not like this that nigga, show, This man. nigga dressed up as a cowboy. <laughs> he had a black sidekick. And they just did karate on everybody. I don't give a fuck if they had guns. I don't care what kind of gun it was. They could have had a, a pistol, shotgun, AK, a rocket launcher. Didn't matter. Walker, Texas Ranger, and the black dude was coming in, and they was fucking shit up. And all they did was karate, bro, through the whole show. They never shot a pistol. They never <laughs> used a weapon, a knife, nothing. All they did was did karate, bro, and they kept it down in Walker, Texas. Yo. 
Man, my dad used to love that show, man. Man, that's funny. Man, that shit is hilarious, bro. That's hilarious. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, your, your dad got great taste, man. Walker Texas Ranger was that drunk, bro. <laughs> For sure. I'm not even going to lie to you. That show was fire, bro. But, um, man, let's go ahead and get into it, man. This is what we all are here for, the feature presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, we are coming to you this um this episode with Hunters Season 2, the final, ep- uh, final episode, the final season. Um, we, we talked about, we did an episode on season one, um, and how amazed we were by it, how great that show was, you know what I'm saying, how well they did, how the cast did such a great job. Season two, the last one, what are your thoughts and opinions? So, first of all, like, like you mentioned, this is the second time we did the first season. I mean, man, I think that had to be, had to be two years ago when we did the first season and um this gotta be an ecstatic week for you you know what i'm saying two episodes straight we're talking about adolf hitler like now don't take that the wrong way people it's just at all yeah it's just (laughs) it's wild it even came about world war ii enthusiast that's why he's saying that yes (laughs) for the people that's new here exactly i'm a world war ii enthusiast i'm very um intrigued with the event of World War II and the events surrounding World War II. Yes, definitely. But I was wondering, I had texted you when I was done with like episode six, and I was like, yo, I'm trying to think how I'm going to approach this. Because with this mm-hmm. season, you know, with there being eight episodes, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to cover everything. So you kind of got to, you know, take things from here and there. And so I'm watching it, and I'm like, man, I don't really know how to approach it, but I think mm-hmm. the way the way they was able to to come up with the story that they did, and for the people that don't know, like this is basically a show of like, I mean, you'll probably do better with the synopsis than me, but it was just more of like, so you have these um, Jewish people who were either former prisoners and some people who were like, I'm guessing they were family members of people who were involved in the Holocaust mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff. Maybe they escaped or whatever the case may be. But like so they're basically going to they're 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 hunting all of these Nazi people and basically punishing them for their war crimes and they're looking for Hitler at the same time. This last season, the very last thing that you saw was this one guy that was a part of the team, he got captured and they ended up taking him to Hitler. So they kind of pick mm-hmm. up where they left off. But I mean, listen, to be honest, I'm not going to get into it right now because I want to hear your thoughts, but mm-hmm. I got to say this. That episode eight, that court scene mm-hmm. might have been the best court scene I've ever seen in a show or a movie in my whole life. They Absolutely. completely, they completely murdered that. Let me say that Absolutely. right here, right now. We we can get into it in detail later, but I just had to say that. For you, I agree. With I, this, I, I think that. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, no. I was just gonna say that. Um, I wanted to hear your thoughts on it 
because you were the one who introduced me to this show in the first place, you know what I'm saying, like two years ago when we mm -hmm. did the first one. So seeing this being capped off and this being the last season, throw that question back to you. How did you feel about it? I loved it. Um, you already know how I feel about this show already. Um, the show is basically just like he gave the quick synopsis. It's basically a group of people who were affected either um, by the Holocaust or you know what I'm saying, where family members of someone connected by the Holocaust or some somebody who was just basically ready to fight for liberation who, quote-unquote, were oppressed. Um, and I don't mean that, quote-unquote, sarcastically. I just use that, I just use, quote-unquote, oppressed for basically lack of a better term. Um, but, yeah, I, I love this show only because what it did was it added a... It added a very intricate story into one of probably the most heinous times. Well, not probably. It's one of the most heinous times in history. And not only did they find a way to do it in such a cool way, they did it in a way where it was years after the situation, right? And so um, for anybody who's aware of Operation Paperclip, and um, all of the propaganda after World War II, you know that uh, America, Britain, and a host of other countries basically recruited and kind of immigrated Nazi scientists into their society um, to kind of get, you know what I'm saying, a, a, a technological or scientific advantage on other countries. And so Operation Paperclip is basically um, America's uh, America's version of that. So what they did was they allowed for Nazi scientists to either integrate into America or they allowed them to basically um, integrate into American lands, but they would ha basically have to be considered like either U.S. citizens or a part of some type of U.S. Um, it's not citizenship, it's something else. It's basically like like if you get a green card or whatever. So basically you check, you classify that as, you know what I'm saying, an American. And so um, when, they, when they did that, you know what I'm saying, like they ended up coming up with all of these different programs and all of these different inventions and stuff like that. So that's how we ended up getting NASA because of Warner Von Braun, who used to be an ex-Nazi scientist. Um, one of the members of like the United Nations in like the 50s or 60s, I mean, not the 50s or 60s, I'm sorry. One of the members of like the United Nations in like the 80s, you know what I'm saying, was a part of it. In the 50s and 60s, um, NATO had an ex-Nazi that was like the one of the chairmen or something like that. So like they've been a part of like a bunch of different shit without really, you know what I'm saying, people actually knowing. And so... Um, what this show kind of does is it takes the story and it kind of incorporates all that into the story, which I thought was dope. And what they do is they basically hunt down those ex-Nazi scientists and members of the, you know what I'm saying, Gestapo and SS. And they come to find out that, you know what I'm saying, Adolf Hitler is still alive. And they basically like, yo, we got to go find this motherfucker. Not only is he alive, so is Ava Braun. If you don't know who Ava Braun is, that was supposed to be the girlfriend slash wife 
of Adolf Hitler. Um, so for me, I thought it was dope because they did a great continuation of the story, right? They brought Joe back. Um, and not only that, what they did was they did a super dope thing without actually explaining it. And um, they basically used the Nazi version. Well, they basically used mind control to, to convert Joe over to being with, you know what I'm saying, Adolf and Ava. And that what the the technique that was used, of course, was used in um in internment camps and during the Holocaust, but what and in prisoners of war during World War Two. But that ended up becoming the MK Ultra program in America. So the stuff that you hear about MK Ultra is is old Nazi tactics and stuff like that. And that's where they kind of learn that thing. That's where they kind of learn the processes of MK Ultra from. And so, um. I enjoyed this so much, but the one thing that the one thing that I kind of um, as as I was watching this, and you got to shout out the I forgot what the lady's name that played Roxy is, but you got to shout her out because the one thing that I always like uh, kind Tiffany of bothered Boone. me about this, yeah, Tiffany Boone, shout out to her. The one thing that kind of bothered me about this show was is that you had. These and uh, the lady that played Millie as well too. She did a great job as well. Um, but the you had these two black women, um, who were in the midst of during the sixties and seventies and everything else like that, who were dealing with a time of racism and injustice and everything else, and they were in this group in which they were helping the another oppressed group kind of gain, you know what I'm saying, their I don't want I don't I don't really gain their justice, right? And mm-hmm. it was it, it, it kinda I don't I don't want to say rub me the wrong way, but it was just kind of weird to me because like you have these two black women who are kind of fighting for the rights of and the and the justice of Jewish people yet and still like all of this shit is still going on with black people. And I think that they did a they kind of did a great job of mentioning mentioning that in the first epi- I mean in the first season when Roxy was leaving or whatever and she was like, you know, I'm out here helping y'all people but I still got my own fight to fight. And she was talking about basically the black revolution and everything like that, but I thought that was interesting the way that they added that in there. Um but I I feel like like that was a great way because they kind of brought that back in this season when she had got shot and how she was like having a flashback of her talking to her dad and her being at the meeting trying to free her sister from prison. Um, you know, because her sister was wrongfully, you know what I'm saying, um, arrested and like just all of these different things that to me, you kind of think of, of that time. Like we're talking about the late seventies, you know what I'm saying? This is like, the the time of flower I mean like the flower child and the hippies and all this other stuff and you know we you still like racism is still fresh in America at this time like super super fresh like in your face fresh and I thought that was interesting to have those two black women kind of go along with that and then not only that to have Millie be a lesbian black woman was also mm-hmm. interesting because at that time like you know we don't we didn't really see 
you know what I'm saying, like homosexuality in the 70s like that. Even though we know it's always been going on, we've never actually seen it, but the, but to see it from a black woman was interesting as well. Um, but to see the, the, you know what I'm saying, the crew come back and then to see, um, uh, what's the lead character's name? Um, like Jonah? Jonah. To see Jonah kind of grown up, you know what I'm saying, doing his own thing and kind of being the, the, um, kind of being the head of the group now that he, you know what I'm saying, he killed Max and everything else. And, if, and him figuring out how Max was his grandfather and all that type of different shit. It was interesting. And then not only that, we also got into Max's life and we figure out the story behind Max's life and why he created the Hunters and why he formed this group and, and tried to get all of these guys. And none of this was because of you know, he wanted to help out, you know, send people to Jewish faith. It was really because he was trying to cover his own ass at the end of the day. And so I, I thought that was super interesting, you know, like him and then Jonah finding out that he has a whole aunt out here who was working with Max and working with his grandmother. And, you know, saying like he still has some family left. But I, I just thought the way that they put this story together was amazing. I enjoyed it. I, I really liked this shit. This shit was dope. True. And I, so just to play devil's advocate with, with your one point about Millie and um, uh, what's my girl Roxy. and Roxy, it's like it's also nice to I, I think this, this could be more of a of a um, representation thing, like having absolutely black people in it. You know what I mean? And like, absolutely. yeah, like. They was also, yeah, because when you think about this being, you know, pretty much based in the 70s, it's like, I mean, you got Civil Rights Act in 64 and the Voters Act in 65, so it's not too far away from that. You know what I'm saying? It's not too mm -hmm. far away from, you know what I'm saying, Jim Crow and all those things. And it, with it Roxy too far being, away from the Black Panther Party either. Yeah, she, she, was, she was a militant person, you know what I'm saying? Yep. So... I appreciated that about her character, but at the same time, I think that with with her joining this cause, is I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is just being represented. Like even though it's yeah. fighting for another another people cause, I would say, but I still think that it was nice to see them represented. You know what I mean? Just to just to have those characters in there, so I, I thought I thought that that was I thought that that was nice because I don't think Roxy was well her and Millie. I think they were both unapologetically black, but at the same time, absolutely. I think that they were just like yo. I think it was more of a like, we could do two things at once. Like I can mm -hmm. I can help with this cause as well because this was a fucked up thing that happened. But you know what I'm saying? Well, my people was going through some shit too because it showed flashbacks for her and her father in the um in the episode or two when Rock like before Roxy went to go help them, like it showed her and her father, you know, having discussions about what she was planning on doing. So I thought that that was cool to put that in there. And Jonah, dude, that dude looked completely different with short hair. I told and you he looked like the young Keanu Reeves and John Wick. 
Dude, that was crazy. Like, I I really did not even recognize him in the beginning. I was like, wait yeah. a minute, is that the same guy? So it was it was funny seeing him that way and then seeing what he's going through. And I thought that I thought that his aunt had a really good point when it came to mm-hmm. calling him out on his shit when he asked her. Because his wife ended up, well, not wife, his fiance ended up tracking him down. And mm-hmm. so the storyline between him and his wife with him trying to be a hunter and, you know, he's trying to hunt down Nazis and hunt down uh, Hitler and all this type of stuff. And he's trying to keep it from his, uh, from his fiance. And so he ended up coming up with a really, really good lie and basically asking Hunt to lie for him. And then she was she was playing along in the beginning, but then she was just like, nah. And so she ended up telling them what she does, well, what both of them do. And so found out about him killing the little kid by accident because, well, yeah. it wasn't by accident. It was just more of like, I mean, the kid was about to kill him. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. He kind of had to do what he had to do to stay alive. And I I get the point that she was saying. Because this is kind of like the Batman thing of where it's like Batman and Spider-Man, like any kind of like superhero is kind of like you never can really be in like a full-fledged relationship because people are always going to come for your spouse. So and right. what, what his aunt was saying was like, yo, if you really love her, you will basically let her go. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was I thought it was a a good message, but at the same time, I think that the reason why she said that is because she wasn't able to continue her relationship with what she had because she had to let hers go. So she was just like, yo, so if I got to be miserable, you got to be miserable too. Like that's what it kind of felt like to me because she wasn't able to continue her relationship. So she basically told, like tried to fuck his up and say that you can't really, you can't do both things, which right. she's, she's kind of right, but you know what I'm trying to say, like, it's, it's, well, it's one I of those things, she it's really in the, but she came back, though. She did, but and the only reason I think that she came back was because, like, okay, so, like, think about this, right? It's 1979, and uh, you know what I'm saying? The World War II has passed and gone and everything else. You got this, you know what I'm saying? Like your fiance hits you with, yeah, man, but I got to find Hitler and kill him. Or not even your fiance. Your fiance's auntie tells you, we got to find Hitler and kill him. You be like, find Hitler and kill him? Like, fam, Hitler's dead. Nah, he ain't, though. And you find out that basically they going around hunting Nazis. Like, that's going that's gonna to ring off a little different because you don't know what they know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have the information that they have. Like, these motherfuckers are literally tracking down Nazis, like, finding them, getting information out of them, and killing them, and off of them. And so, to you, you just looking at the situation like, okay, this motherfucker tripping. We all know that Hitler died, him and his wife. They died in a bunker, blah, blah, blah. The Russians burned burned the body, blah, blah, blah. Only to find out, after you done got mad at this man, you done got shot at and all this other shit, you done had enough, you leave, you look on TV, 
And this motherfucker, Adolf Hitler, is sitting in the courts on TV. <laughs> you gotta feel like a dumbass at this point. You gotta, yeah. you really gotta feel like shit. You gotta be sitting there like, holy shit, I cannot believe this motherfucker really found Hitler. <laughs> like, this shit is crazy. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like to me, like that type of shit. You know what I'm saying? Makes sense. So, um, so I, I, I honestly don't know. Like I, I feel like at the end of it all, like he didn't really necessarily like have to leave her. I think it was more so at the point like he just needed to be honest with her. You know what I'm saying? Like of course you could let her in and tell her, hey, you know, this is what we're going through. But at the end of the day, like. To me, the fact that when he said Hitler and she didn't even believe him, I get it. You know what I'm saying? You just got kidnapped. You're going through a lot. You're trying to process it. But let's keep it real, my G. If two motherfuckers just come up and grab you out of nowhere and hold you in a barn and you hear all these gunshots and everything else, you kind of got to be in the back of your head like, all right, I know he said Hitler, but maybe this motherfucker is right. Yes. Like, what are these these motherfuckers really on though? Yeah, to go to that extent where you are kidnapped and you really honestly believe that these guys are going to kill you because you're trying to have a conversation with one guy. And, mm-hmm. you know, he got the gun on you telling you to shut up, but you can't. Which that, yo, that is the worst thing to do in that moment. If someone Absolutely. is holding a gun to your head and you will not stop talking, it's like, that's not a good plan. But anyway, uh, the point that I'm making is like, for these people to go to that extent, you, you got to be like, you know what? Maybe, not even maybe, there has to be some truth to what he is saying. It's, it's something to it. It's something to it. So for you to see it firsthand, for these people to kidnap you, and then you 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 have to realize, yo, you know what? Maybe this Hitler stuff is real. And then, like you Mm -hmm. said, for the trial to be on TV and you actually see this dude sitting in his glass thing in the courtroom. Yeah, you got to be like, you know what? This dude is doing some really dangerous shit and Mm -hmm. he's doing something that's bigger than himself and something that is bigger than me. And for someone to be able to do that, like you got to you got to tip your hat to them. And Mm -hmm. so this is something I want to talk to you about. I mean, obviously, you know what I'm saying? We do this part together. You can cover some other shit if you want. But for me, episode seven and eight was Mm -hmm. just out of here. And when it comes to episode seven, episode seven was like, so it's it's this um, amazing house that this guy, this guy is an old, old couple and the guy was an architect and he built this house with all of these traps in it. And mm-hmm. when they when they first getting into it, I love the way they set it up because they kept talking about like ghosts and my man is sitting there telling a joke. Mm-hmm. And the way they set it up, you think that the dude is crazy and that he actually thinks that there's a ghost in his house because he's like, yo, y'all want to hear a joke? And you... Well, he was like, "Do you want to hear a joke?" And like, there, there's a rocket chair beside of him, and the chair is rocking. It just okay? keeps rocking. It just keeps rocking. So you're thinking, "Damn, 
this dude, this dude really got a ghost in the house. And so mm-hmm. he tells this joke, and then you thinking that these people are crazy. And then come to find out, he have Jews hiding all through the house, in the walls, in the attic, in the floor, all of this stuff, right? And yep. so you have these Germans they come to come check the, check out the house to see, like, yo, we heard that there was some Jews being hid here. So they're like, nah, you know, we wouldn't hold no Jews, but they're they're acting everything off. And the one thing that I thought was really creative with what they did with the writing was they had the the blueprints to the dude's house. And so mm-hmm. the one the one officer, so you got two cops, well, you got two officers walking through the crib trying to see if they're hiding anything and one is sitting there talking to them and so the one that stayed downstairs to talk to the old couple he's taking the steps to the wall and he was like well it says that it's supposed to be like 17 meters or something like that he was like it's only 15 so you something is behind this wall I thought that it was really, really creative to put that in there. And then you start to see the traps that are going through the house where the one guy, he he had went down like in the bathroom, so he got to take a shit. He gets mm-hmm. some toilet paper, and he sees that there's a door in the wall. He goes down there. They completely fuck my man up. And then my other dude, he gets hung up, and then his stomach slice. You see intestines just hanging out, blood going everywhere, all this type of stuff. Man, listen, episode seven was fire, dude. Am I back? Oh, yeah, you back, you back. So, yeah, I was agreeing. I said, absolutely. Yeah, I, I just I just think that because I was wondering because the way the episode six ended, mm-hmm. you wonder like, okay, where they gonna pick up at? And then they go to this completely different story and different characters that we never seen before. And so you pick up from there, and then it's just like, okay, so you know once those three officers get killed you know that there's going to be more people to come. And so mm-hmm. then another group of Nazi people, uh, when Nazi officers come, then they ended up getting killed because one of the dudes want the damn house. <laughs> he was like, yo, right. I love this house. And he was like, we can't go back empty-handed. Like, we don't know where the other three um, officers are. So what we're going to do, we're going to bring these two bodies back and say that that house was empty and I'm going to keep the house. And so the Jewish people that are hiding in the house, they got to make a decision. Do we leave when they take these bodies out or do we try to stay here and keep this thing rolling? And they decided to stay. So they're staying in the house and the, the, the one German officer that shot the old couple he brings his wife and his kid in there and they're living in the house trying to be quiet and all this type of stuff. And what they're doing, they're going that they're sending they, the one kid downstairs to, to get them food and bring them food back up there and all this type of shit. 
And their child, the German people child, ended up seeing the child that was in there. And so the one lady saw him. So she comes down. They was going to kill the little boy. And then they said, yo, we don't do that. And so another thing that I thought was very unique was the the lady was like, so they killed the German people that are in there. And they come up with a story of, yo, he was cheating on me. So he left. And uh-huh. so she played the wife. Man, it's just, I just thought the writing in the final two episodes was really good, man. Like, what, what a, like, come on, man, you got to give it to me. What were you thinking, man, with, with episode seven? Because I thought episode seven might have been the best episode. To me, I absolutely thought episode seven was the best episode. Not only did I think it was the best episode, I think this was some of the best writing um, in Hollywood that I've seen in a long time. Um, the story of the German architect who basically built all of these um, houses and rooms and offices and then also conducted, I mean, uh, conducted, also built um, spaces for internment camps. He ends up basically being like this Robin Hood figure who, you know, he don't believe in what the Nazis are doing, but he's doing the course to keep his family safe. So instead, what he does is he decides to um, he decides to harbor Jewish people in his house by basically creating these rooms, like you said, and these like spaces within his house um, to keep them safe. I thought that that was super dope. Um, not only for the fact that. You know, you you get that moment where the Gestapo pulls up. And like you said, when it first comes on, you have no idea what the fuck is going on. You just hear like this old German man talking about some joke or whatever. And then his wife come in and she like, uh, what are you talking about? He was like, oh, nothing. I was just telling a joke. Nothing. And she don't even like acknowledge the fact that she wasn't in the room when she told the joke. And then you see her singing and then she go, now you. You don't hear nothing, and then she, now me, and then start singing again, and you like, okay. So then when they say, yeah, it's ghosts in this house, then in your head, you like, oh, shit. Like, this is different. This is, <laughs> like, like yeah, is we about to get ghosts in this shit? Only to come, you know what I'm saying, like, only to basically find out, like, it has nothing to do with the ghosts. Excuse me. It's, it's basically them harboring, you know, Jewish people. And when the Gestapo pull up, and they like, um, yeah, we heard that basically um, you have, you know what I'm saying, like Jewish people here. I thought that that was super interesting because of who he was. This is like the best German tech, I mean the German tech. This is the best architect in Nazi Germany at the time. Like he's like the top dog. He's like number one, numero uno. And then they get word that he's harboring fugitives. And so, like, when the first two dudes, they, you know what I'm saying, doing the sweep or whatever, the big dude, I automatically knew he was going to get fucked up to work. Because <laughs> why are you in these people's house taking the shit, my boy? 
You didn't ask these yeah. in the bathroom. What the fuck type of shit is that? What type of manager is that? That's fucked up. What if you done flooded their toilet? You know what I'm saying? People don't think about shit like that. It was just, it was rude as fuck, man. But um, basically, you know what I'm saying? He ran out of toilet paper. He looking at the thing. He sees some kid writing on the wall. He like, yo, I know it's just these two here. What the fuck is this? Move all the toilet paper out. Find an opening. Go down there. See a little girl. Goddamn big ass concrete block. Boom. Following this shit. Basically, squish my man in half. And then uh, the one dude, he hear a noise. When he hear a noise, he, you know what I'm saying, smacking on the ceiling with a fucking broomstick. I don't know where the fuck he got the broomstick from. But um, <laughs> <laughs> only basically to see that it's a bunch of people in the attic. And, um, you know what I'm saying, he not only did the, he get hung up and strung up, by a rope around his neck. He also got cut in half. So I thought, you know what I'm saying, that was crazy. But the young dude that was with him, the third um, Gestapo officer, he basically was like, yo, you know, I'm a huge fan of yours. You know what I'm saying? I followed you and da da da. I wanted to become an architect as well, blah, blah, blah. And like, they they, they got rid of my man. And when the, when the second group came around to check on the Gestapo officer, and dude was like, um, yeah, I just wanted to, um, basically, you know what I'm saying? I wanted the house. So he killed them both. And I'm like, yo, that's fucking crazy. But he did make a great point. He said, yo, if we don't come back with them or if we don't come back with no information on them, basically we all fucked. So either yeah. we going to be like, yo, they was, they was harboring, you know what I'm saying, Jews or shit, nigga, we can all go and, you know what I'm saying, it's going to be on us. And so, you know what I'm saying, he did what he did, but he deserved everything he got. I'm not gonna lie to you. Oh yeah. I'm so I'm so and then did you peep did you peep that the young boy was um his aunt's ex husband? No. I so didn't remember remember she was talking about I think his name was Vez or something, that's called Vez or whatever. But that was the that was the man that she that she kept referring to when she was talking about how she got left behind by her husband and everybody else. That was him at when he was young, and that kind of helped him on his journey of being the um, what did they call him? The um, the the goat was it the the ghost? I think it was. It was like the ghost in the woods or some shit like that. But that was who he that was who he was supposed to be. So at the end, when remember when he bring Hitler to the boat? Yeah. And he talked to the older man, that's who that was. That was that little boy. Yeah, I knew that. I didn't know that it yeah. was his aunt's uh yep. I didn't know that that that's, was the man that she was talking about. Yeah, yep. That was her that was her husband ex husband. Dang. Yeah, man. That that's why that's why that's why when you was talking about episode six, I said, you know, at episode six, it, it, it all come together. Yeah, it, it, it came together. And then you think I like how they did the one scene where where Jonah was walking with Hitler and uh -huh. they're walking through this tunnel. And then all of a sudden you start seeing all these ghosts of like Jewish people yep. who was like basically was like I thought. Yeah, yeah I, I thought that back. that was really, yeah. really cool. And so then. You know, that takes you into episode eight, and then now you're like, 
now this is like the trial of the century. So you got everybody that was involved that ended up bringing them there. And then it's like you got Hitler in this glass box so nobody can, you know, harm him so he could actually be, you know, charged with these war crimes and all of the other charges Mm -hmm. that he had. And I thought it was interesting them playing the card of his lawyer actually being a Jewish person. Yeah, and that was, that was what really I did, take. and so was the other lawyer too. Yeah, the other lawyer was a black Jewish person. So yeah. I thought that that was a, a, a interesting way of doing that for the simple fact of like you got one who is being the prosecutor, the black Jewish person who's like, "Yo, he don't deserve rights for what he did. He don't deserve this. He don't deserve that." But. Mm-hmm. When you when you look at the way of the land and the way that things are, the other Jewish person was I, I like I'm in the middle. It's like, yes, a person that did the things that Hitler done, we all know morally he does not deserve the right to have representation and 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 you know what I mean and and all of that type of stuff. I get all of that, mm-hmm. but. At the same time, I thought that something that the black Jewish lawyer, uh, prosecutor said was like, yo, like, like this is the law and this, that, that. He was like, yo, like, do you want to be found on the right side of history? And then that yeah. kind of put you in that, in that tough spot of like, yes, everybody deserved to be represented, but at the same time, it's like, what if I find a way to win this shit? Do you want to be you the gotta, lawyer to you get... You gotta ball that shit up and throw it into the biggest fucking fire you ever seen in your life because if you <laughs> are the lawyer responsible for getting Hitler out? Oh my <laughs> My nigga, you have no career in, in law whatsoever. Like, after that, it's over. You may be assassinated by just a random ass person. Like you, you might be, you might get taken out like Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. They they are going to Jack Ruby you. You know what I'm saying? Like Absolutely. coming out because, but, but because the thing is that that's what what puts you in that certain spot of like, yo, because there were times where he did not want to object things because he's just like. I this, like this is a case like it's it's literally a no win thing like you go into that wanting to take a L which lawyers do not want to do lawyers do not like taking L's uh, at all that's that's one of the that's one of the ones where like soon as you take that case you like hey my man I'm gonna make it look like I give a damn but this is all you. <laughs> This is all you. There's no way this motherfucker is getting off. Like, I'm telling you right now, there's no way that this shit is happening. I'm telling that motherfucker when we go to that once once they left us behind in that in that council room, and, and I, hey, look, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I gotta make this look good, but trust me when I tell you, no, nah, you're gonna win this. You have to win this. <laughs> if you don't win this, this is solely because you are trash. If not, I mean this is to me, this is like the most clear-cut case you can ever get. Not only that, like the fact that you find this motherfucker after damn near thirty years, thirty plus years at that. Oh yeah, you gotta get him the fuck out of there. 
Yeah, and so then, like, he doesn't want Hitler to take the stand, but Hitler's like, yo, like, I'm going to take the stand. And then I love the way the prosecutor played it because Hitler was trying to play the game of, man, you know, it wasn't me. It wasn't, you know what I mean? I didn't do nothing wrong, all this type shit. Yeah. And so the prosecutor, yeah, and then then that prosecutor started fucking with him. So he's like, yo, so you telling me all of these people that admire you, you know what I'm saying? All these people that feel that you are a messiah, you're this, you're that. And then it's like, so now you're saying they're all wrong? It's like, like, is mm-hmm. that what you're telling me? And Hitler couldn't take it no more. <laughs> it was <laughs> like, like, man, you know what? Fuck this. Yeah, nigga, I did it. And what did I do? I'm successful at a motherfucker. I'm in the history books. Everybody reading about me. Ain't that shit on me. And I was like, yo, he killed himself, bro. He killed himself, bro. Hey, that was a very smart strategy, man, to, yeah. to go about that, man. So, And then that also took me back to what they said when they took them to the chambers. He was like, yo, if you're going to win this, you need to basically, you know what I'm saying, win it. Like, we're not going to give mm-hmm. it to you. Like, you know what I'm saying? You have to go out and you have to take it. And, but the 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 one thing that was, because they, they, it seemed like they got to a point, like, he, he basically did, like, a whole monologue in the middle of uh, of interrogating him on, on the stand. Because, like, for a prosecutor, he was getting a lot of words in when he wasn't even really asking the question. Like, he just basically told, like, a whole story. <laughs> it was just like, yo, I don't know if this is allowed necessarily, but I'll take it because it's, it's really good material. But right to end this show, well, not to end the show because the show ended up ending in a different way, but, but for him to end it up, because that's the, the one thing that we never really got to get when it comes to Hitler. Like, we don't have any closure on Hitler. And for Hunters to give us a fictional closure to where, yo, we hunted this dude down, we actually had a trial, and he actually got found guilty on all accounts of the charges that they charged him with. And Mm -hmm. they ended up giving him life in prison without the possibility of parole. And for them to do it that way, to actually give people a fictional uh, closure when it comes to Hitler, I thought that that was cool, man. I thought that that was really, really great writing to put that in there. Yeah, I do too. I definitely do too. Especially when a lot of times we see like these shows or these movies or whatever who would have quote-unquote never... um, never did that with Hitler, they probably would have just, like, let him escape or let him get away or whatever. I think they did a great job of basically being like, hey, not only is this motherfucker going to rot in hell for eternity and rot in jail for eternity, he's going to die. Yeah. And, so and, I, I, and I, I, I tell you I something... I thought that was super dope. And I tell you something else I like when you see the ego of Hitler. So when he was in the jail cell, and they came up and, you know, you are a number in jail for the people that don't know that. When you go to prison, mm-hmm. you're not whoever, what, whatever your name is. You are 
his number was something crazy like seven five six four five three or whatever. And mm-hmm. so when the, when the, when the guard put the food there, he was like, "Do you know who I am?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was like, "Do you know who I?" Am? So he's in there, and I think what that scene sh- showed, or what they were trying to show us was like you're powerless now. Yeah. Like you had the power to control a whole country where you tried to take over the whole world and you had all of these followers and you mm-hmm. still got followers. But in this, in this jail cell today, you are powerless and you have no control to do anything. Right. And I think that that gives people a fictional satisfaction of like, yo, what if, what if we could have had this happen? This is like one of the biggest what ifs. Um, mm-hmm. what they was able to do with this second seasons of Hunters is yeah. is is it, they they did they did their job, man. I mean, I I thought the whole season was I thought well I do that with Fire Flames, but yes, I I thought that was really cool the way they did that to put that in there to show like yo you're powerless now you are a number on a on the back of your shirt and that's who you are now. You're not Adolf Hitler. You is seven, five, whatever, whatever, whatever. So I thought that that was really cool. And I agree with you, man. I, I think that, you know what I'm saying? Them showing that moment was kind of that thing of, Hey, you know, I know, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people think that, you know what I'm saying? Or, or just not even that, just the fact that, you know what I'm saying? We, had an opportunity to shut this tyrant up to get him the fuck out of here. And when they did that, you know what I'm saying, they they did a, a great job of showing that at the end of it all, like, this is where you end up. This is where you, you know what I'm saying, you become nothing. And you deserve to become nothing. You don't deserve to have anything and, and be known for anything at this point. And I thought that was a great job of them doing that. Um... And then last but not least, I got to say, man, um, just the writing on this show has been phenomenal. Like, this is one of those shows that it was unique. And, you know what I'm saying, it's so many twists and turns and, and, and you know what I'm saying, and, and so many shocking moments in this. Like, the whole time that we're watching this, they're going back and forth between what's currently going on in the story and then going back into Max, uh, Max's story as well and basically exposing the fact that Max used to basically be a Nazi guard. He was an SS guard who basically stole the identity. And, I mean, we already seen it in the first uh Yeah, in the first season. They kind of showed us what happened where they called him the wolf or whatever, and then basically he stole the identity of – um one of the um one of the Holocaust Jewish prisoners. Yeah well, Holocaust, Holocaust prisoners. Yeah. He, they he basically killed him and stole his identity and basically became him, quote unquote. Um because he was in love with, you know what I'm saying, another Holocaust prisoner who was a, you know what I'm saying, the lady Ruthie or whatever, who ended up becoming Jonah's grandmother or who ended up being Jonah's grandmother, we later on found out in the episode. And he loved her. He fell in love with her so much that he couldn't, he could never get her attention as a doctor. And so when he went in there 
and basically killed Max and, you know what I'm saying, got his identity and stole his identity and everything. He comes back and he finally gets a chance to fall in love with Ruthie, you know what I'm saying, to help her out and do everything else. And then they have a daughter and, of course, they end up having a grandson, Jonah, who he then comes to recruit and bring into the, the Hunters group. But it's crazy because we find out that he was the reason that Ruthie got killed. Because she yeah. was basically figuring out who he truly was, and she never knew after all this time. She ended up figuring out that that wasn't the real Max Offerman. And, you know what I'm saying, all of this kind of culminates, and it just basically shows you as time is going on, you know what I'm saying, like what kind of happened and everything else. And I thought that that was super dope for them to kind of give us the backstory, the, the, the full landscape of the backstory, all the while still telling the, the story of the whole second season as well. And um, yeah, I, I was just—I I think the writing was was superb. But are you ready to get into the fire flame? Yes, sir. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Yoga fire, yoga flame. So what you got, man? So uh, what I was about to do—I was about to do the fire flames early, but like when. Going back and looking at this, um, really trying to refresh my memory, man. I, I really wish that I would have had the time to go back and watch the first season over again. But mm -hmm. to me, episodes one through six was was above average. Mm -hmm. But man, they had one of the strongest closings. Man, like episode seven and eight was. I mean those. Those two episodes was a five within itself, but Absolutely. when when I put the whole season together, um, uh, for the way that they was able to close this out, the subject matter that they used, um, uh, to give us one of the, one of the not the greatest, but you know a pretty high up what if, um, mm -hmm. I would have to give the season, I would have to give the whole season a four, um. You know, when you anytime you got the great Al Pacino, you know what I'm saying? Even though he wasn't like uh, the focal point of this documentary, documentary, um, this uh, TV series, but at the same time, you got to understand, like, I mean, Al Pacino's up there now, man. Like, he's <laughs> this dude was born in 1940, yo. Like, I, I had went and looked, I was like, yo, this motherfucker was alive <laughs> when this shit was going on, man. Like, this is crazy. But um, but yeah, man. Uh, shout out to the rest of the cast, man. You know everybody did good. And then I knew I knew who the one guy was, man. The one dude that plays um, the one guy. What's his name? Lonnie. Lonnie. Lonnie yeah, is. His mother. Well, that's not where I know him from. I know him from uh, I, I was I kept looking at him. And I was like, yo, I just watched something he was in. So I did a coming soon. Not a coming soon. I did a um a what we watching like last month. Fleischman's in trouble. He's he in plays that? Lizzie Kaplan's husband in that show. Oh, and I kept looking Ted, at him. That's Ted from How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, I never watched How I Met Your Mother. But oh, you missing out on the excellent show. Yeah, like I, God, I kept looking at him. I'm like, where do I know him from? And then bang, it finally clicked in my head. I was like, oh shit, he's in Fleischman's in trouble. 
But uh, but yeah, man, I'm I'm gonna give this a four, man. I thought they really did a really really good job, and gotta shout out the writers, man. I see one name, man, David Well. So shout out to him. But uh, I'm gonna give it a four. That's what's up, man. I'm giving it a four and a half because the writing, um, like I said, the writing was superb. The writing was amazing. I haven't seen a show this complete in a long, long time. Um. They picked up right exactly where they left off. Not only that, to be able to bring back Al Pacino, even though they killed his character off in the set in the first season, but still be able to bring him back by doing the flashback episode. I thought that that was brilliant because this show really is already in itself amazing, but to add Al Pacino in it with his amazing acting and you know what I'm saying how well he does. Yo, like, you got to have him back. Even if, like, you know, so like they did in doing flashbacks, you got to have him back. So I, I'm going to give it a 4.5. I thought this uh, season was amazing, and it sucks that this is going to be the last season. I really look forward to them continuing at least for another one, but that's cool, too. Cool deal. I ain't mad at it. Yeah, man. So let's get into the coming soon, bro. Let's do it. Coming soon to own on video and DVD. All right, so what do we have next? So we got my, um, what we watching. Um, so we got Avatar, Way of mm-hmm. Water, coming up for the next episode. Uh, you plan on seeing it this weekend. I've already mm-hmm. spoken about it, so there's really no reason to go on about it. That's why I didn't give too much detail. It's because I knew that we was going to get into the movie, but um, look, man, get make sure you eat a full course meal. Maybe <laughs> not you. You fall asleep. But, yeah, I'm um, definitely going to go to sleep. But uh, just make sure you got some time on your hands. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Going in yeah. to go see this because you're going to be there for a while. You know what I'm saying? You're definitely going to okay. be there for a while. I was able, I was fortunate enough to watch this movie by myself. Mm-hmm. Nobody was in the movie theater with me. That's that is dope. <laughs> so well, I see, was able to also that that's dope, but that's also weird because you know they they supposed to be cracking that record. So I don't know if they gonna I don't know how they gonna pull this one off. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they're gonna pull out. They're not gonna pass the first one, um, because the last time I saw, I thought it said something about one point nine, and I think the first one was ended up getting a two point one billion, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. they might not they might not catch they might not catch the first one, but right. But yeah, but it's uh, but it it was crazy. It was crazy watching it in there by myself. I was like, yo, like I got the whole movie theater to myself. So that was pretty cool. But it's gonna be interesting to hear some of your thoughts on this though. So I'm looking forward to the next episode. Absolutely, man. I can't wait. So y'all make sure y'all stay tuned, man, for the next episode. Until then, if you like this episode, if you love this episode, if you didn't like this episode, if you are like, what the fuck is hunters? Hit us up. Let us know on IG and 
Twitter at ViewAnonPod. Hit us up on Facebook, VA Pod Watch Group. Um, make sure, you know what I'm saying, if you got a, a request or if you have something that you'd like to hear from us, uh, to always send those requests at either one of those three social sites or, um, you know, I don't know, man. Maybe find one of us on the street and be like, hey, man, you know, <laughs> you know let's get it done. But um, <laughs> if you if you like to find me as well, hit me up on Twitter at Suze Bronson. Uh, I got a link in the bio. You can find me everywhere else there. And y'all can find me at Foster 8 on Instagram and on Twitter at 28 Minutes or Less Pod. That is just on Instagram. Follow the podcast 28 Minutes or Less. Um, I got something brewing. So be on the lookout for the next episode. But still, as mm-hmm. of right now, episode 112, Benji, about the number 1984 number one high school basketball player in the country, Ben Wilson, Benjamin Wilson. So go check that out on all major platforms. Absolutely, man. And listen, thank you for your continued support. It is is always appreciated. Um, for thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Um, and until the next episode. Like I said, Hollywood, man, that's the wrap. Cut.